0: To a new RFM, talking travel next for our sponsor, Travel on King. And we're going to take some iconic train journeys, heading to three different continents for those. And we'll look at some of the charms of the Irrawaddy River in Burma. Train is always a very relaxing way to travel. It is, Jane. And we have talked about rail before, of course, including our own iconic journeys in Australia, We're apparently on the GAN now, I saw a big double page ad in the Sydney Morning Herald today, it must have cost them a fortune for the GAN, where they're now doing a dining experience at night off the train. Oh, very nice. Going. Out in the middle of the yes. outback. Yes. Mm. So that's something new for the GAN. So I thought I'd just squeeze that in. And um, that's our fourth continent. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the yeah. other continents we're talking about, I was reading an article by or about a guy called Mark Smith. He's a British train buff and he's a travel rider and he's known as the man in seat 61. Every time he goes by train he will only sit in seat 61 and he's written articles about all the great train journeys and he's done most of them. So the ones I thought I'd mention today that we haven't probably talked about there's one called the California Zephyr and um, it's eight eight nights and you have uh, including accommodation and um, On on city accommodation on the train for two nights, but you have accommodation on land as well. So it's a combination of stopping and doing the train journey. Now, this is running from um, Chicago through to San Francisco. Hmm. So that'd be an interesting thing to do because you're actually travelling through Yellowstone and Yosemite National Parks, which are two of America's you know, most famous national parks. Astounding scenery. Absolutely. You can imagine doing a train journey through that. Mm. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, they're doing Salt Lake City as well. And, of course, you, you do get off and, as I said, have travel along the way. So there's one new one I, I really hadn't heard about mm. before. Very nice. It's a 10-night journey all up. So that's something you could consider if you're wanting to go by train across America. Of course, not everyone wants to drive, Jane. Mm. And large continents too, you don't always want to fly. You want to see the scenery in between, not just the cities. It's, it's the scenery to me. It's the in-between places that are often more interesting, um, to be quite honest with you. And it was really another article the other day by another travel writer who sort of said, I'm sick of doing the bucket list. I don't want to go to Vatican City. I don't want to stand in a queue. I don't want to look at the queue. He said, I want to sit in the cafe and watch the world go by. I want to walk up back alleys and cobblestone streets. I want to go to small churches or different things. So we all look at travel in a different way, but there's so many different ways you can do it. And I guess that's what we're trying to say. You you can travel in so many different ways. certainly can. Whichever suits you. The other one, Jane, is in India. So the Maharaja Express, and it's a seven-night journey. And it includes the uh, sacred city of, of Varanasi and a cruise on the river Ganges as well. And you go to Jaipur, which will actually goes from Delhi through to Jaipur, to Fatehpur Sikri, to Agra, of course, to Kajuraho, to Varanasi, Lucknow and back to Delhi. So another really interesting train journey going to some of the most beautiful spots in India. So that's something very different. And seeing the countryside on the way in between. Exactly. Mm. And I think that's the beauty, Jane. And the other one, of course, well, it's famous, the Trans-Siberian, the longest train journey in the world. So You've got to, I guess, be hardened up as a rail traveller to do that because it is a long journey. Now, the old days, as you probably re- might recall, Jane, it used to be called hard class and soft class is what <laughs> they used to call in the original Trans-Siberian Rail. It's 100 years old as well. So it's it was in the being built from the 1890s you know, until it was all complete, of course. But you do have the option now of doing it in a more opulent fashion. They do have the Golden Eagle and they have another one too uh, called the Gold, I can't think what it's called, the Gold Tsar, I think something of that but you are going to travel via somewhere like Lake Bacal which is the deepest lake in the world and you, you get off there and you have a picnic around the lake so it includes lots but you're looking at about you know 12 12 day journey. So it is a long journey and you've got a few different trains to choose from now and a few different itineraries. Um, Some of them go through Mongolia and do that route. So there are a couple of different routes you can choose to do. Um, You still got to have your visas and do all that. I mean, Russia still hasn't moved into the 21st century and it's a bit complex still, but that's okay. I mean, that's what your travel agent's there for to, to guide you through getting those visas that are required along the way. And they're just some of, I mean, a few, as I said, train journeys you can do as we've mentioned before we've got the blue train in the rovos rail in africa you know you've got the eastern orient express that goes across europe and one in in asia as well now going up through malaya into thailand We've got the Rocky Mountaineer, of course, which we've talked about before in Canada. So there's lots of great train journeys in the world that if you really are a train buff, you know, you should just make a list and start ticking them off. (laughs) To NURFM's Talking Travel for our sponsor, Travel on King. And Sally Lucas, there's a lot of magic or perhaps a little bit of mystical magic associated Mm. with Burma and the Irrawaddy River and legends or stories of long ago come back. Exactly. And I think you think about people who wrote about that like Somerset, Morn and so on, and the road to Mandalay. And I always thought it was a road and there's a song, but it's not. It's the Irrawaddy River. Ah, oh, there you go. So that's something I only just found out yeah. recently. It is the stuff of legend. It is. And travelling there, of course, it, it's you're experiencing a part of Asia that remains much as it was still, you know, hundreds of years ago. Some areas you won't have your phone working. There won't be ATMs, um, et cetera. There's still a lot of horse and carts in a lot of the villages, oh. etc. cetera. Um, but Aung San Suu Kyi, I'm sure, will be now encouraging travellers more and more to, to travel to this country, which is considered to be quite beautiful. But, you know, you can expect that the infrastructure and facilities are still not up to to scratch as they are in other countries at well, the moment. it's not a developed country, is no, it? No, and that's why you go there. Developing. Yes. yes. So they say bring an open mind and a flexible approach and you'll be rewarded by some spectacular scenery, especially like the serene Inlay Lake and the stunning sites like a lot of the striking Buddhist temples of Bagan. And they said the people are warm, curious, gracious and friendly. So mm. What th- more can you ask? That's what more. Mm. So we're talking about the, the river in particular today, the old road to Mandalay, and the best time to cruise the Irrawaddy or when it's cooler and drier is from November to February. So the days remain very warm, but it gets cooler in night. But from March on, the thermometer rises dramatically, as do the high levels of humidity. So um, the monsoon rains start in late May and often continue into October. And due to the levels of the Irrawaddy, it's often quite low. So the season for cruises, um, you know, is limited for that reason because, but the ships, they do have a very low, you know, shallow draft, etc., to get you there at most times of the year anyway. And some of the highlights along the Irrawaddy, of course, is, is Bagan, which we just mentioned, which is the former capital of the Burmese Empire. And it's considered to be the spiritual heart of Burma. So from the 11th century until the end of the 13th century, devout Burmese monarchs built over 4,000 temples. across a 20 square mile swathe of parched earthed plain. So this is really amazing isn't it? Many of the original uh, pagodas have crumbled into oblivion but there are still thousands rising from the dusty terrain of this area. So lots of stupas, stocky red brick uh, temples, some as uh, high as 180 feet with elaborate terraces, porticos and carvings so quite an interesting place to visit Mandalay of course, I mean we all conjure up images of what Mandalay might be like Um, and it was a formal royal capital and still regarded as the most Burmese if you like, of the cities, even though it is now Myanmar, as we probably know. Um, A king there called King Mindon, who ruled from 1853 to 1878, originally named the city Yadanapon, which meant or translated to the city of gems. Hmm. And the name was eventually changed and renamed after the Mandalay Hill, which rises in the northeast of the city. So that's where the name came from. So, on the waterfront there, you've still got a kaleidoscope of ramshackle warehouses, decrepit ox carts, and rickety jetties, etc., that go back to the days of trading posts along the river, mm-hmm. almost out of a Joseph Conrad novel. Um, you can go to a lovely pagoda there, which has got 729 uh, pillars inscribed with the Buddhist Tripitaka scriptures, uh, the Golden Palace Monastery, etc. So, and it's considered a, a Sargang is another Burmese spiritual capital, which is also in Mandalay. The other main city, which is at one end of the the river that you do visit, is Yangon. And Buddhism is still a way of life in Burma And it's good to go to one of the temples there In the twilight uh, Called the oh, I'm going My pronunciation is probably shocking Jane Shwedagon, Shwedagon Pagoda And it's got lots of gilded temples And stupas and statues that glow like heavenly beacons Oh lovely So it'll be really lovely to see in the twilight And of course you've got the, sound, the air filled with incense And the sound of chanting As you get these pilgrims and maroon clad monks Who donate their flowers and fruit offerings there and the city is full of golden pagodas there as well so very very interesting and you can get everything from a a market bazaar there that sells everything from puppets and wood carvings to tapestries and brightly coloured fabrics so very interesting what to take I just thought um, loose cotton linen or viscous clothing um, easy slip shoes or sandals a folding umbrella for showers or even the noonday sun Um, a torch with a strong beam they suggest as temple interiors are often poorly lit Mm. so if you wanted to see it a little better but not of course, to watch your riverbank life, which is part of the of do- fascination rather of doing a cruise there. And they suggest also taking exercise books, pens and storybooks for schools, yeah. English audio books for teachers to help with their pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure you take some read or the equivalent thereof, and of course, antibacterial wipes, etc. And also just show respect because you've usually got to be covered when you're visiting temples and religious sites. Knees also must be covered, so just remember that. But might so certainly head covered as well as um, arms or I just didn't arms? not mentioned head covers, but yeah. I mean, if you've got a shawl or a, you know, a pashima or even just a sarong, which are always handy because you can use them as beach towels, you can mm. use them to, you know, wear, to wrap around your shoulders. So for a lady's particular. Something like that is always wise, I think, to pack in your luggage because yep. you never know when it may be required. Um, but yes, and sun hats, sunglasses, sunscreen, of course, as we say, and mosquito repellent. But a lovely, really, part of the world that still hasn't really moved into the twenty-first century, which is a, a great time to go and visit. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news. On to New RFM for our sponsor, Travel on King.